Miller Lite, a story by Sky Odsley. Chapter One. Jeff sat holding the letter, not wanting to open it. She was writing him all of the time, and every one sounded the same, with its finely printed address and all the lowercase eyes dotted with hearts. They arrived in childish colored envelopes. This one was piss yellow. Somebody else might call it daisy yellow. That person would need a beating. The last one was red. She kissed the back of them, too, lipstick clinging to the paper like dried glue. It came off on his fingers as he turned it in his hands. He threw the letter onto the bar and wiped it off on his jeans. It wasn't really a bar. It was more of a stage. But they let you sit your drinks on it while you watch the entertainment. A compatriot once called this Sniffer's Row, but that made Jeff's stomach hurt bad. Nothing in this shithole smelled remotely close to a woman or her privates. It smelled like Miller Lite as it came back out of you in the morning. It smelled like the fake plants at the clinic. It also smelled like cheese. Very, very inexpensive, liquefied cheese. You could buy this cheese from over in the corner next to the pull-tab wheel in the ladies' room. But that area might as well have a wall-length cobweb separating itself off or one of those velvet ropes they have at the movie theater. There's never anybody over there besides the dead-ass owner, asleep every moment. He'd been motionless all week, the neon sign to the right of him reflecting solid white beams in the lenses of his glasses. So instead of his closed eyes, you saw an unwatchable light. His arms were crossed over his fat chest and propped up by his even fatter stomach, the rest of him remained tucked under the pull-tab counter. These glowing square eyes caught you from all angles of the bar, like some kind of terrifyingly angelic presence, watching you and guarding the woman's restroom. It hurt to look at and stayed in your eyes when you looked away, bright as hell. The bartender was a younger asshole with a shithead army haircut, thick arms, and bad skin like a teenager. Looked like about all he could do with a gun would be to jack off to it, figuring most things he did involved playing with himself, like a teenager. This bartender's name is Jonah, like that idiot from the Bible. His parents must have skimmed that part. He prefers to be called Raj, short for Roger, his middle name. But all the customers call him Jonas, after those Disney Channel squirrels. He hates it, which is great because it makes everything for him line up in a perfect row, Here's the long list of the shit he doesn't like, and over here, an empty list of the things he tolerates. Jonah's got a handful of popcorn from the machine and is throwing pieces one at a time onto the big owner's remains. There's popcorn in the dead man's hair, lots of it. Popcorn all over the counter and in the cracks of his crossed arms. Jonah started doing this earlier in the week. He even got a few of the girls to play along and throw some at the old man while he just stared down at their tits like they were as bright as the dead man's glowing eyes. Like they were going to do something, and he had to focus and wait for it. It's strange to watch a girl look at a man as he looks at her chest. You can see in her eyes the victory and the power, the hilarity and the pity. God just should have made Jonah with his own set of giant breasts. Then he could just stay home all day long, looking at himself, fondling himself. Then none of the customers would have to deal with his weak drinks and shitty music and dumbass face. Every time you try to get a Miller Lite, it's like the wheels are about to come off. Like it's the hardest part of his day. If he did get that haircut in the army, 
and he did do some time in a desert. It's a shame no one on the other side shot his ass. A bullet might have taught him something. The whole place is strung with red rope lighting, about waist high, and other than the TV and the neon, there isn't much light. The walls are all covered in that faux wood paneling interspersed with yellow mini-blinds. It's not a big room at all. Dust floats in the neon beams, smoke curls from all the ashtrays, and all this swims by the motionless, dead face of the owner, like a filth aquarium with him planted against its back glass. Across the room, past the bar, is this stage room. It's a little brighter in here because there's mirrors on every wall. When no one's dancing and there's nothing left to look at but your own reflection humming in the red light, if you find yourself among others lining the stage, it's easy to judge what caliber of scum surround you. Guys who can't afford cell phones to look at out of boredom. Guys who read three-year-old expired wall calendars with dates of football games that have already taken place. Guys who constantly touch their own mustaches pretending to ponder. And guys who look really upset about something and are so bored that they let it out in front of their eyes to stare at like a plant. This is the kind of boredom you would never wish upon yourself. It's deafening. You choke at it. There's younger guys here, too. Too young to be here, although the same could be said for most of the girls. Jonah lets them in because they pay his fabricated cover charge. They just hide in the corners, peering out from the shadows at the dancing bodies, trying to pull all their emotions together and understand themselves more. Whenever you catch one locking eyes with one of the girls, it's like some bad Aerosmith video. It's like, this is the moment you've been waiting for, amigo. Take a good, hard look at a woman. That's what you've been missing. Welcome to the top. Witnessing this makes a person want to take their Miller Lite bottle, slam it down their throat, and bust it over their own head. Men in this room have done this countlessly. It's not a rare occurrence. There's bits of glass everywhere and band-aids on the feet of most of the dancers. That's the worst part. More awful than Jonah's bad attitude, more depressing than the corpse behind the pull-tab box, sadder than the teenagers jacking off in the dark. The band-aids on the feet of these girls. That's the worst of it. Jeff was reaching another of these contemplations while resting both elbows on the stage, looking deep into his own reflection with three bottles sitting next to him. He was practically alone except for the cab driver sleeping upright a few seats down with a hat over his eyes and a pile of $1 bills laying in front of him. Like Jeff, the cab driver was here a lot too, waiting on calls. He always just slept. The girls would walk by and grab a dollar or two off the stack. None of them ever robbed him of all of it, and they always made sure to leave more sitting out for the next girl taking the stage. This kind of honest transaction had something so American about it. It was such a divine representation of something sacred or some shit. Thinking like this made Jeff go too deep. He pushed himself up from the edge of the stage and leaned back in his chair, exhaling loudly like a swimmer hitting the surface or a bad saxophone. He wiped his eyes and took a long drink from one of the bottles, emptying it. He gathered his three together in one hand, and with the other fished a few empties off the surrounding tables, making his way back to the bar with an armload. Jonah was sitting on top of the beer cooler with his knees together, staring at the small television above his head. He flipped through channels with a remote, 
He kept the remote inside of a plastic Ziploc bag. This was the smartest thing Jonah had ever done with his life, waterproofing his remote. He thought of this idea after dropping it in the sink a few times. The bag made a snapping sound as he punched the buttons. There was no way of telling what was on the television. The channels just flashed by. Jonah didn't notice all the empty bottles until Jeff started unloading them one by one onto the bar, loudly at that. The wide-eyed owner remained motionless against the wall next to them. Jonah turned his head while still changing channels. He didn't look at Jeff, just at the bottles piling up in front of him. You ought to bust some of these tables, Jonas. It's not safe to have all that glass around when the girls are dancing. Order it in a can, then, asshole. Jonas, I'm not going to explain to you why Miller Lite tastes better out of the bottle. My name's not Jonas, it's Raj. Get with the program, dude. I don't give a shit, Jonas, and don't call me dude. I'm not your pal, pal. Jonas sat the remote neatly behind him next to the register and slid off the cooler onto his feet. He pulled up his waistline and flexed his arms, smirking like a duck. Can I get you another Miller's Light there, old-timer? Fuck you and yes. Jonah walked over to the cooler, but stopped just before its doors and reached down into a case on the floor where they kept the warm backup stock. He pulled out a bottle almost hot to the touch from sitting next to the radiator fan. Then he inspected its label before rolling it unopened down the bar. Here you go, asswipe. 350. Jeff opened the bottle himself, foam spilling out of it and onto his hands as he hurriedly put it to his mouth. He took a long pull while maintaining stern eye contact. Then he slammed it down on the bar and pulled out his wallet. Ask me why I like warm Miller Lite. Why? Because it's still Miller Lite. He pulled out three singles from his Velcro wallet and dug in his front pocket, removing three dimes and two nickels. He crumpled all of it into a ball and chucked it at Jonah's chest. Tastes better than your mother's asshole. Keep the change, dipshit. As he turned to head back to his seat, Jeff realized he was almost face to face with the beaming lenses of the motionless owner. He leaned over the pull-tab counter to try and see under the glasses. Behind them were two swollen and glossy eyes, bulged as a floating dead fish hit by the sun. There was a strong smell of popcorn and butter, with a deeper note of human shit and sweat. It hung around the body like cologne. Jeff took a step back and tilted his head as he spoke. Jonas, don't you think you ought to call a coroner or something? This man is dead. I got a bet going with Taylor. We got fifty on which part of him falls off first. Jonas, isn't this thing your dad? Was although it looks like he's nothing now. That's pretty sad, Jonas. My condolences. Jeff took another long pull from his bottle while holding his eyes on the body propped up behind the counter. It looked as if it was stuffed with cotton and straw, there to suddenly come to reanimation and scare kids. It was a hauntingly strange sight, and very unsettling. Jeff finished his beer and bought another. This one was cold. Jonah sat back down on the cooler and started chucking more popcorn while fishing around behind him for the remote. Jeff walked back into the stage room and sat back down in his seat. Next to him, the cab driver was snoring. He checked the corners but didn't see anybody else. He considered the fact that he was the only paying customer of the evening, 
a solitude that brought on an idea that none of this might actually be taking place, like he was maybe just trapped in someone else's imagination. This thought made him feel electric. The Miller Lite tasted delightful. Loneliness brought Jeff comfort. Suddenly, there was even less to worry about. Seeing himself in the mirror and barely recognizing his own face, it was twitching with some sort of distorted restraint. His nerves had numbed. He couldn't feel these movements in himself. He was drunk. He pulled out a cigarette and lit it, dropping his match into the cab driver's empty. He sucked at it and held the smoke inside his chest. It swam in him like a hot ghost. When he blew it out, the cloud covered his face in the mirror, and as it slowly returned, all that remained was a blur of red and black, then white and pink, then orange. His eyes nearly closed just before the music began, a faint electric guitar riding forward from the distance, gaining ground rapidly. Its volume rose like the sun spires of light birthed from a scratching needle behind the glass-mirrored DJ booth. A thin trail of smoke floated out with this sound as the record began to spin. Jeff lightly shook himself awake as the hook formed from feedback and squalling reverb, landing its first notes heavily as two bricks slapped to both of his ears. The music turned like iron wheels. Jeff knew the song immediately. Ted Nugent, writing on the wall, a song so hard that he clenched his teeth while lifting the Miller Lite and finishing it off. Holding the empty bottle in his lap, he began to rock his head back and forth to the bass line. His eyes, lifting from his bottle, came to rest on the thin smoke trail moving along the top of a mirror. Someone was coming out. He looked at the stairs leading from the back of the stage and down into the DJ booth. The trail of smoke stopped at the landing. Then Jonah came over the loudspeaker. Ladies and gentlemen, give a welcome to Linda Marquis.